That's wonderful, right? I could sit and listen to that all day. I have a couple of announcements for us. Um, one is Jeff Elston had cornea surgery and is not up to doing the, the, the tour after the service. So it's pushed back another week. Be patient. Well, there's still a tour coming. Operation Christmas Child, you've gotten some flyers, you've gotten some bulletins probably. I think Carlina's going to be up later in the service to explain more about, about that for the moment for mission. Um, stewardship season is upon us, so there's going to be a letter coming in the mail. And I'm just asking you, maybe this is the year that you de- you're deep in your relationship of reliance upon God. I don't know if what your stewardship or what your giving habits are, but I've seen it kick up my walk with Jesus to another level. Um, and so just be ready for that to come in the mail and hear, some, hear from some families about what stewardship and what tithing has meant to their families. There's food directly after the service. I don't know if everybody forgot, but it's uh, the first Sunday of the month. It's also World Communion Sunday, so it's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I've been, I've been fire, fired up for this day for a, for a couple weeks now. It's so beautiful to pause and realize that all around the world, millions of followers of Jesus are breaking bread together. And it makes that dinner table seem extra, extra long, right? And I, I just feel humbled by it and blessed beyond measure because God made a way for me to, to sit at that table. Little old me. Um, if you're new or if this is your first time or if you haven't been around for a while, make sure you say hey to Malia and I and make sure you, you sign in those blue pads, those blue books those community books or whatever they're called. And let's stand up and uh, shake one another's hands and greet one another in the name of the Lord. All right. If you would remain standing and face this direction. It says at the beginning of Ten Commandments, and this is going to be our call to worship. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Therefore, worship me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let us pray. We come to worship longing to encounter you, O God. Yet often our attention is scattered, our minds on other things. Sometimes we are fully attending, but not to your presence. Rather, our minds and our hearts are occupied with other gods, the cultural gods of commodity. Call us to account. Give us the strength of will to resist. Turn us to you and away from the world's cries. Help us 
to worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. Please be seated and send the students and children forward. Good morning. Good morning. So I'm going to start this morning with blowing some bubbles. Those are fun. <laughs> While also maybe holding a microphone, which may be interesting. brought bubbles because it's one of Everly's favorite things. And so I just thought I'd blow some bubbles, but I'm gonna keep them all to myself because they're mine. <laughs> so yeah, that's also Everly, they're mine. Oh, I've got lots of bubbles in here. Can you guys see them all? They're all mine. mine. <laughs> what? Are there no bubbles in here? Oh, well. I guess I didn't catch all my bubbles. 
So sometimes we have things that we like, and we want to keep them all for ourselves. But isn't it more fun to share what we have? Yes? No? Yes? Yeah? So as much as I love bubbles and Everly loves bubbles, sometimes we have more fun if we share those bubbles. So if I were to blow these bubbles at you, which I won't because I won't make Rob get up again, um, you guys might have a smile, you might try and catch them, maybe you might swoosh them away, but we'd all have more fun trying to catch the bubbles. So this kind of reminds me of a story from the Bible. Pull it up here. And... So it reminds me of a parable that Jesus once told, and he wanted to teach a lesson to a couple of brothers who were fighting over money. Money. And in Jesus' story, there was a rich man who had lots and lots of grains from his far, so much like me, I had lots and lots of bubbles. Um, So much grain that he couldn't fit it into his barns, and I couldn't fit my bubbles in that bag. There were just so many. He decided to tear down his barns and build bigger ones. He didn't think to share his riches. He wanted to save it only for himself, my bubbles. But the story turned out a little like my bubble collection. Just when the rich man had stored up more and more grain, he suddenly died, and all that grain, all those riches, didn't do him any good. He couldn't take the riches with him. Do you think that man would have been happier if he shared his food and his riches with people around him? What else might he have done with all those riches? What else do you think he could have done? Help the poor. Share. I heard share. He could have made a lot of people happy. He could have made God happy. All of us have riches and special things we can share with others. What are some things we can share? Food, our home, invite someone over for dinner. So we can do things for each other and help our neighbors. We can even share our smiles and our friendship. So, you know, I have much more fun sharing my bubbles with you rather than trying to keep them all to myself. And so today, another way that we could share and things that we have is we're going to be having a packing party with all of you guys today after service in the fellowship hall. And we've been collecting items all month. And so we're going to share those items with kids all over the world. Um, So sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's not food. Sometimes it's not a tangible item. Sometimes it's our time. And that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be spending our time giving back to kids across the world who don't get to have these things that we get to have here. So let's join in prayer as we pray over our time together today. Dear God, thank you for today and for Operation Christmas Child. Father, be with us as we come together after service and we start packing these boxes that are going to just reach so many kids across the world, Father. Um, I am a recipient of this kind of package, not necessarily through Operation Christmas Child. And Father, I just know, and you know, how much that this could mean to a child who doesn't normally have these things in their home, who may not 
be looking forward to the latest Xbox or PS4. Um, something as small as just a little toy ball that's just going to light up their world, Father, and be with us as we pack these boxes. Let them feel your love and your care, Father. Let them find your word in these boxes and let them just have a connection to you, Father. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen. Good morning. So today is Operation Christmas Child kickoff Sunday, and uh, we are going to start out by watching a few uh, brief videos. The Greatest Journey Discipleship Program is a wonderful way for children to know who Jesus is, to grow in that faith, but then to go and share it with others. This is a tool that will allow children to become evangelists and to multiply followers of Christ around the world. After the children receive their shoebox gift, they are invited to participate in a 12-lesson discipleship course called The Greatest Journey. During The Greatest Journey, the children will learn Bible stories, play fun activities, and learn memory verses that help them get to know who Jesus is and then become equipped to share that faith with others. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. Every teacher attends a Greatest Journey training and receives a teacher guide that complements the student workbook. The training equips the teacher to disciple children and ultimately to help children get to know Jesus better and to walk with Him and follow Him. During the graduation, the children will receive their very own personalized certificate saying that they completed all 12 lessons of The Greatest Journey and they will receive their very own Greatest Journey New Testament Bible. For many children, this will be the first Bible that their family has ever owned. With their Greatest Journey certificate in one hand and their Greatest Journey New Testament Bible in the other, children who graduate from the Greatest Journey are now equipped to go out and share the gospel with friends, family, and others in their community. There'll be one more video coming up. My name is Jeline, and I grew up in one of the smallest islands among the thousands of islands of the Philippines. I grew up in an area close to a dump site. I remember my dad losing his job. I often watched my younger siblings and skipped school so my mom could go to the dump site and look for things that she can sell to buy us food. I remember my dad build, um, he built a house, we call it a house, because that's a house that we live. It's made of cardboard. Because of our situation, I've never received a gift as a kid. They couldn't even afford buy food for us, let alone gifts for birthdays and Christmas. So my sister started um, going to this church nearby. I remember I went after her one time 
And the pastor in that church invited me to come help them. I happened to help out the people, handed out shoebox to the kids in the neighborhood, including my sister. Every time I hand shoebox to the kids, there's a glimpse in my heart that I hope I can get one too. Little did I know towards the end, a lady came up to me and gave me the extra shoebox. I just felt so loved. Everything on the shoebox were very special to me. So it was the first gift I've ever received, and it was around Christmas. In seeing new items, like notebooks and pencils, it was amazing. Now my life is different. I am forever grateful and blessed to be able to pack a shoebox with my husband and my girls. The feeling of giving back and knowing that this box represents a face of a child is amazing. Thank you for packing a shoebox. She is why we pack shoeboxes. The items in the shoeboxes are temporary, but the opportunity is lifelong and it's, it's eternal. This ministry is about evangelism. It's about reaching out to these children and telling them about the good news of Jesus Christ. And then from there, it's about discipleship. And the best way to bring them in is the greatest journey, which was the first clip that I showed you, which is actually celebrating 10 years this year. And that is the 12 um, lesson discipleship program. Like they were saying, the kids get, um, they graduate, they get a copy of the New Testament, usually in their own language, and a certificate. And then from there, it's about multiplication, because those children then tell their parents, their siblings, they tell people in their villages, and then all of a sudden, a church springs up. So that's what this is about. That's why we pack. It's not about the little toys and little tchotchkes and things in there. It's about an, an opportunity for an eternal salvation. Um, few upcoming things, as Carrie mentioned, we are having a packing party today in the fellowship hall after worship service, and the kids will be packing all of the items that you have been donating this past year through our item of the month campaign, which has been very, very successful. So thank you so much to everyone that's donated um, items or donated money for the shipping of the shoeboxes. We also... Uh, PCC is going to be um, a drop-off center again for our fourth year in a row during National Collection Week. So we do need volunteers that week. It is uh, November 18th to the 25th, so it's a Monday to a Monday. And we need people to greet the donors or the, the people that bring the shoeboxes in, pray. Praying is a huge component of National Collection Week. We need people to pray with people that come in. And then we pack the shoeboxes into cartons and then transport them up to um, what's called a central drop-off location in Huntington Beach. So we need drivers to take those cartons up there. Um, that's another big, um, big thing that we need. And just a few housekeeping reminders. In your shoeboxes, uh, please don't pack any liquids. I know bubbles are cute, and Carrie just had a whole lesson with bubbles, but no liquids, no snow globes, nothing like that. Um, no candy or gum, not even hard candy. Uh, no toothpaste, but we do encourage toothbrushes and dental floss. And then if you can take as many things out of the packaging as you can, that would be also helpful. So if you're sending a Barbie doll, take the Barbie doll out of the package because we don't want to send extra trash and 
other things to these um, to these these kids, and also it makes more room in your shoebox for other items. So, if you have any questions, please let me know. Elsie can give you my cell phone number, my home number, my email. Just get in contact with me, and um, just thank you so much for participating in this ministry. Thank you.
What a powerful name. 
Thank you, band. What a powerful name it is. And the proof, the proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were sinners, each one of us, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And because we have faith in him, we dare to approach God with confidence. So in faith and in penitence, let us confess our sins before God and one another together. Lord of the Sabbath, hear our prayer. It is hard for us to stop working and harder still to stop worshiping work. We confess that our busyness often substitutes for our holiness. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to be still, knowing you more deeply. Patient Lord, we schedule our lives down to the very second. We crowd in as much activity as we can and then wonder why we are so stressed out and tired. We are afraid to miss out on anything. And when it comes time to be with others, we spend our time worrying about details rather than truly being present. Forgive us when we get so caught up in the details and miss the opportunity to sit at your feet, learning, listening, growing in our faith. God of rest, grant that our souls can find rest in you. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace.
Let's get straight to the text. What do you think about them apples? I'm going to button this so you don't notice how large I am. And then uh, let's open our Bibles up to Amos, or Amos. That's funny. Anyway, Amos. Here we go. Eight. Amos 8, chapter, yeah, Amos chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. Hear this, you that trample on the needy. And bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over, so that we may sell grain? And the Sabbath, so that we may offer wheat for sale. We will make the ephah small and the shekel great, and practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. 
and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. Shall not the land tremble on this account and everyone mourn who lives in it and all of it rise like the Nile and be tossed about the sink again like the Nile of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. I'm a huge music fan. Everybody knows that, right? Okay, good. I talk about it every week. Uh, one of the things that draws me to Tim McCalmont, the Reverend Tim that used to be here, is he loves Dylan. Bob Dylan. You ever heard of him? There's a guy named Bob Dylan, musician, you know. He, uh, he's still around writing stuff. Another band I like. Well, just pause and say, Bob Dylan's ridiculous. He's really good. He's a really good poet, all that stuff. I could preach for hours on that. If Tim and I, I think Tim and I could speak for a week straight and do a seminar about how Jesus and Dylan relate with one another and that kind of thing, his lyrics and stuff like that. And I think people should pay us for that. Anyway, <laughs> that's not this Sunday. There's another band out there that they own a genre of music. It's hardcore slash rap music. Some people call it rap core. And it's a band called Rage Against the Machine. And if anybody has a teenager that's angry in the 90s, they've heard of Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine did a cover of a Bob Dylan song, Maggie's Farm. And I don't know if you know Maggie's Farm. It's actually a lot about what this text is about, about how um, consumerism just rolls over people and how the, the boss crushes dreams, you know? Rage Against the Machine's cover of Bob Dylan's Maggie's Farm is ridiculously good. It's just amazing. And I was thinking about why is it so good? Why do they hold a monopoly? Why do they own this genre of music, and why do they take anything? They can take any song and make it into a war cry. There's no, like, love ballads by Rage Against Machine. <laughs> there's no, I want to dance to that song. You know, there's no, there's just rage, and it's against the machine. It's simple, right? It's not rocket science. What's, what's, why, how do they do it? And they do it by doing what actually God is calling through Amos, the people of God, to do. They focus on one thing. Maggie's farm is made up of three or four chords. They don't even do chords. Rage Against the Machine boils down the music to the note. And the whole band turns up their amplifiers and plays those notes. The guitarist and the bassist are just saying, playing one note simultaneously, and it's coming out at the speakers. And the drummer is just hitting on beat. But those notes. And so it's synergy, and it's just like, boom, we ain't going to work on Maggie's farm no more. And it's just, it's, it's simple. But it's profound. 
And I don't know how we have missed it. I don't know how we keep doing this. I don't know how this church and every other church like it and the people of God back in Amos' day were doing the same exact problem. They're getting it complicated. They're muddying the waters. They're making it about this and that. They're making it about church and fill in the blank. They're making it about following God and We're doing Sabbath as a resistance. That's what we're, we've been going through this book, Sabbath as a resistance. And he picks this text, and it's, 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 I think it's, it's perfect timing for World Communion Sunday. Because it's the call to the church. It's the call of this table that we're going to be celebrating later. It's simple. It's really simple. Notice his indictments. Are those indictments indicting me and you? I say absolutely. How many of you, when you were walking in this door, were thinking, I can't wait to eat in and out? <laughs> you know? Or I can't wait to get my project done so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Or as you walked in here, you were thinking, man, I can't, I'm not even here. I'll put my body here, but I'll just go through the motions. We just sang the, these huge truths. This is my father's world. He shines in all that's fair. That's a truth worth stopping and sitting down and pondering for a lifetime. We also sang, what a wonderful name it is, Jesus. This table, this moment. The indictments are, you're thinking about too many things. You're, you're focusing is all, your focus is all over the place. And take it from an ADHD dude. I'm like, I'm like the poster child. Malia must be so frustrated. Pray for her. <laughs> but you got this. You got too many, too, too many balls in the air. Too many things that you're trying to accomplish. They're all going to fall. You're, you're going to miss everything. Notice that in verse 8. The indictments say, if you don't celebrate the Sabbath, if you don't focus, you'll run into some, some trouble. That's not what they say. They say you're doomed to fail. If you don't stop multitasking, and if you don't stop going with the flow of the world, that's all about the commodity. That's all about the selling. That's all about the buying and selling of goods to keep us satisfied for just a second or two. If you don't get off of that train and enter into a Sabbath rest once a week, and become a Sabbath type of, type of person, you're not only going to experience trouble, you're going to, in the end, be destroyed. You will be crushed. How does Jesus, how does Jesus state this? He says it in the Sermon on the Mount, which is his 
everything. It's Declaration of Independence, all that stuff rolled into one. He says, you know what you can't do? You can't serve God and money both. So sometimes Jesus is just teaching us truths, you know? You can't long jump from the Huntington Pier to Catalina Island. You just can't do it. You can't be at the end of Huntington Beach Pier and end after a jump on Catalina Island. It just can't be done. Jesus is just stating the obvious. Jesus is just stating the facts. Jesus is stating the truth, capital T. You know what you can't do? You can't serve God and you can't serve money at the same time. You have to serve one or the other. It's a choice. I just, I had a, talking about ADHD, I had my wife's voice run in my head right now saying, you need to smile more. <laughs> How do you smile after that? <laughs> right? Notice that he put the, this is a football. I've noticed these even behind the lyrics. Steve, he's in charge of these, these graphics. And most times it's a win. This time, I don't know about this. <laughs> it's a football thing. And that's, 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 that's my other, other story that illustrates the same point as that Rage Against the Machine story. And that is Green Bay Packers were down. It comes into the halftime. Vince Lombardi, the coach of all coaches, the entire halftime, he says at the beginning of it, I want you all to shut your mouths. This is a football. Stare at it the entire time of halftime. Pulls it down. Go out there and win the game. You know what they did? They won the game. It's that simple. It's this simple, right? It's this table simple. This is, this is it. We have an opportunity to play like an amazing rock band, <laughs> to play like a, an amazing football team. Or as Paul put it, to be a unified body. Not grumbling over the little things. Not fighting over the fights that will get us nowhere. We have an invitation to this table, and this invitation to this table is lumped in with the Sabbath rest, with the Sabbath people, with the people of God invitation. And my friend, uh, John Fry, he says, it's the simplest, but it's the most difficult thing you'll ever do. It costs you nothing because it's free grace, but it costs you everything. Because God doesn't say, hey, you can serve this and this and this. No, you can serve me. There's no such thing as no Lord. 
You can't say no to me. That's what this table screams. That's the secret to us being united. That's the secret to us keeping it simple. Is gathering around this table and letting us, letting the transform, letting the table transform us as the people of broken servants to one another. Somebody's got a dangly phone ring. Now, Jesus, right after, gives us some, some ways that we can remain singularly focused amongst the multitasking world. And it's in the next verse. He says in Matthew 24, you can't serve God and money. And in Matthew 6, 25 and 26, he says, therefore, don't be anxious about what you're going to wear. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat. Consider. It comes down to that word, consider. How do we become one people? How do we brush off all the multitasking of the world? We consider what we have, what we've been given, and who's been giving it to us. He says, consider the flowers. Any flower people in here? I shouldn't have my hand up. I'm not really a flower person. I'm not really a gardener. I kill everything. But thank you, Jesus, for you people that just raised your hand, even though there was just a couple of you that half, you know, whatever. That's kind of sad. Sorry, flowers. (laughs) But has anybody ever touched a flower in its beauty? I think not. And then he says, consider the birds. Get lost in how they get taken care of by me. I kind of feel like rolling straight into the table, but we got some other stuff to do. Pause from where we are right now. And remember the truth that as you walked in here, some of us, including myself, had all this stuff rolling around in our heads. And we needed this morning a reminder from God himself through the book of Amos. Knock it off. Let all that stuff drop away. Lift up my name. Lift up my name. And be a united church. My united church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. I pray that 
as most of us come in here, we, we appear that we're at rest, and we're appearing like we are worshipers of you. But God, you know the truth. Meet us each and every one of us, individually, right here, right now. Please save us from ourselves. Please pull all the other things that are on our minds out of our minds. Help us to consider the way that you, you've taken care of our needs. You've blessed us beyond measure. You've loved us without end. You've sent your one and only son for each and every one of us to die in our place. Help us live as the people that you have called us to be. And all God's people said, To love God, love people, that's the center of the mark. Ushers, please come forward for this morning's offering is received. In this life, some things are bound to change, but one thing remains the same. We all need love. Time goes by, it moves like a hurricane, and through all the wind Take 
the morning, while all was quiet and dark here in our homes, the sun was rising on the other side of the world. And with the dawn of this new day, God's people began gathering for worship. Amid the sounds of drums or pipes, string instruments, pianos, organs. And now we too join our brothers and sisters in many places and cultures who call upon the name of the Lord. Whether shared in a grand cathedral, a mud hut, outside on a hilltop, in a meeting house, or in a storefront, or in a cathedral. Christians celebrate the communion liturgy in as many different ways as there are congregations. You are invited to receive this sacrament. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't even have to be Presbyterian. You just have to have made the commitment to Jesus Christ. We welcome you to the table. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this sacrament of communion shared with Christians around the world. Pour out your Holy Spirit on these elements and on those who partake, that we may be your body and the representation of your covenant in our lives and throughout the world. On this World Communion Sunday, give us eyes to recognize your reflection in the eyes of Christians everywhere. Give us minds to accept and celebrate our differences. Give us hearts big enough to love your children everywhere. We thank you for the setting, for setting a table with space enough for all of us, where we can glorify our Savior, Jesus the Christ. The grains have been harvested, and the bread has been baked. The grapes have been collected, and the vine and the juice has been pressed. They come together on this table with a holy purpose. Holy Spirit, come. Breathe your blessings on these common elements of bread and juice. Bring us to the table with Christ. Hear us as we now declare the mystery that is our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Amen. On this World Communion Sunday, we remember Luke's words. People will come from east and west and north and south to sit at table in the kingdom of God. And so we come from down the street, across the country, around the globe. Our breads from around the world remind us of our rich diversity and also our oneness in Christ as we sit at God's table. Come to the table. Today, clergy in many lands are lifting up 
the bread and cup and using the very words that we use to invite believers to share in the feast. All are reminded of Jesus' words when he gathered with his followers and he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. And so we do. We take, we eat, and we do so in remembrance of our Lord Jesus Christ.
In the same way, he took the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant shed in my blood for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. Our tradition here is when you receive the cup, hold it so that we all may join together in community when we drink it.
the good news is, in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us pray. Loving God, you graciously feed those who partake in your holy mystery with the bread of life and the cup of eternal salvation. May we be united in spirit with our brothers and sisters in Christ around this world, also partaking in your holy communion today. May we who have received the sacrament be strengthened in your service. Call us to be your hands and feet on this earth. May we who have sung your praises tell of your glory and truth. Call us to witness in truth and life to our neighbors and those in our lives who need Jesus. May we who have witnessed the greatness of your love see you face to face one day in your kingdom. For you have made us your own people by the death and resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the life-giving power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand for this morning's benediction. That was wonderful. I wish that happened every time I walked into a room. <laughs> right? Cornell, you were ridiculously good. Round of applause quick. Go. <laughs> and just a quick word before the benediction. Remind one another to keep it about Jesus. We're our best reminders. You know? We put, God put us in each other's lives for a reason. And look, look to your right, look to your left. Keep it about Jesus. Say that to one another. All right. Now may God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Amen. Amen.